Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. I was watching an interview with Pete Townsend, lead singer with The Who, at the New York Library the other day. Um, came up on YouTube. I'm not really somebody who's a big fan of Pete Townsend and his proclamations, but despite that, I gave it a go. The interview was actually very interesting and an insightful conversation. The person who, unfortunately, his name I didn't catch, who was conducting the interview, began by setting Townsend a challenge that he sets everybody who he interviews. And I decided to set the challenge to myself as well. And I wonder if you'd like to also accept this challenge. I put the challenge up on Twitter. I put down what I have my response to it, which I'm going to tell you in a moment. And I also got a whole load of responses back that I'm going to share with you. So the challenge was this. Construct a biography for yourself in seven words exactly. I'll start. Mine was, I'm still an art student at heart. Other responses that came back to me on Twitter were these. He who knows he knows not knows. I am still here, though somewhat diminished. Still working hard to stay afloat. Lightning hit me, but I avoided injury. Still trying to figure it all out. I am a nosy so-and-so. Learning now what I didn't back then. Please note, schedule is subject to change. Endlessly seeking knowledge through exploration and surprises. And finally, I was born at an early age. Over to you. If you take up the challenge, please tweet your biography to us at UNOPhoto. In a world of complex art speak when writing personal statements, this could be just the right way forward. As part of my role at Oxford Brookes University as a lecturer, I've been working on writing an MA, a Master in Arts, in photography. The idea of this is it's going to be online only and open to all sorts of photographers, professional, experienced and what have you. I often talk about the need for further education, but we very rarely talk about that need within the photographer who's been working for a long period of time. I suppose, in a way, it's very easy to get to that point where you think, well, what can somebody else teach me? What can somebody who doesn't have my experience or my understanding, what can they teach me, I should say, about what I know? And it's a fair point, and I understand it. But I think, actually, what it's about is explaining what education is about. I had a conversation the other day about this MA. Somebody had seen a tweet I'd put out about it and asked to speak to me in more detail. I think what was obvious from our conversation, which was a very enjoyable conversation, that the person I was talking to felt as if they were outside of academia, outside of education, an outsider. And therefore, I think misconceptions or conceptions, ideas about what education was going to be, had been formed. 
And I actually think a lot of the blame for that falls on education in not explaining itself clearly enough or perhaps being too formulaic, I should say, more too dogmatic in the idea of what uh, the reason for learning is or the reason for taking on that type of uh, formal teaching. One of the conversations that came up was about research. Well, what is research? And it was very clear that the person I was speaking to saw research or had an understanding of research as being very dry and very much about libraries and having to read books and so forth. Perhaps theory was their idea of what research was. I had to explain that life is research to me and everything you do in life is a form of research that can then and should inform your photographic work. If we think about it in that way, we're researching all of the time. I suppose in a way what an MA or a PhD or some form of postgraduate education offers is a structure for that research and perhaps also that extra bit of explanation as to how you can move your work forward. So the MA I'm writing is very much about the idea of people who've got to a point with their photographic practice that they want to change completely, maybe that they want to evolve it. Or maybe they want to explore it in more depth. He also said to me, well, you know, I was surprised you had a PhD grant. What made you do that? I explained the background to it. But intrinsically, what it gave me was an opportunity to explore what I do and why I do it, to try and give me more understanding, I suppose, in a way, to try and do better work in the future through that level of personal understanding. I think that that's what postgraduate education should be. It shouldn't just be for a certificate, that, that proof of things. Although if that's what you want to do it for, then that's absolutely fine. What I'm saying here is that it doesn't have to be for that reason. It doesn't have to be to get a certificate as it used to be the case that you needed an MA to go on and teach at further education, higher education, what have you. Of course, now people are saying you need a PhD. It kind of goes on. Or industry equivalent experience. And I think that's a really important area to consider. I often get people, photographers, who say to me, I've been working for 25, 20 years uh, in the business as a photographer. Now I want to teach. When I entered teaching 10 years or so ago, I moved into it with that same misconception. I think what I thought was, well, I know my subject. I'm just going to share that with people. Of course, what I was doing by doing that was disrespecting the art of teaching, something it's taken me 10 years to work on. And I'm sure that I still don't really understand it. I'm still trying to find out. And if I didn't still have that desire to find out, I think I'd stop doing it because I wouldn't enjoy it anymore. I'd have fallen into a trap of repetition for the sake of it. So what I'm working on is that idea of constant learning. And I think that's what's so important in everything that we do. And also not putting things into these pigeonholes that that's not for me because it is that. In everything I do, I try and open the door, try and say, listen, here is this thing. Why don't you have a look at it? Don't close that door before you've even had a chance to go through it and find out what's on the other side. So postgraduate education, teaching, 
It's a bit of a minefield, but it's certainly something I think worth exploring. I wonder if you've ever thought about doing the same. This week, we welcome to the podcast photographer Dominic Davies to explain to us exactly what photography means to him in under five minutes. Dominic's work is primarily, but not exclusively, in the controlled environment of the studio. Experimental and collaborative in approach, he brings a precise and crafted vision to all of his projects. Driven by the fascination with exploring and realising ideas photographically, his work has been commissioned by clients across the fields of design, music, publishing, museums and advertising, including work for Absolute, 4AD, Grey Goose, Hagen Dars, Guinness, Nike, Lee Cooper, Smirnoff, the Victorian Albert Museum and the Gourmand magazine. Uh, his images have been exhibited in Europe, USA and Japan, and his book, Two Cage, a study of the European zoo environments, was published in 2001. Hello, Grant. This is Dominic Davis. Um, thank you very much for posing this question. Um, what does photography mean to me? Um, photography is a constant in my life. It's been an ever-present means of um, communication uh, and absorption. It's, it's hard, really, for me to contemplate uh, my life without it. It's... Um, always energize me to explore and experiment in some respects it's such a, a limited or reductive medium that i'm starting to believe that it's it's very limitation that give it some sort of power i remember my parents taking a lot of photographs and they had slideshows in the evening and pictures of uh, with pictures of holidays or relatives would be projected onto the living room wall and on occasion the projector would be moved across the room and these everyday images would merge with the patterned wallpaper or the curl of a lampshade and and from my perspective slumped on the carpet looking up I would think that's intriguing and and that thought would quickly be followed by you know why is that intriguing to me and now you know you realize that the act of photography itself can be extremely corrupting it can it can isolate and distort and dislocate and make it its subject ambiguous the eye can be corrupted contrary to the the, the you know the, the the common narrative that the camera never lies to me it seemed that the camera did nothing but lie but i could be in control of the lie i became fascinated by how things change once they were photographed why wouldn't they change you were moving from three dimensions to two dimensions and you could control time and space and perspective and, and yet you were using a machine to the outside world merely pressing a button. Yet within this repeatable process, you could make it unmistakably yours. That's amazing. Um, working out how you were going to make this process yours and, and indeed how other photographers approach similar issues I found endlessly absorbing. Studio practice is challenging. It can be slow and contemplative. It's, it's the constant re-evaluation of what you've just done. It's a corrective process like writing. You take, you evaluate, you correct, you move on, and slowly it comes to life. It's not capturing a moment. It's building up to one. This process is one I endeavour to disrupt. You know, fearful that you fall into the trap of... Uh, relying on processes that worked in the past. At art school and university, photography was the poor relation. Galleries focusing on contemporary photography were few. 
photography didn't really have the stature of the other arts, especially if you happen to work in colour as I did. This, in retrospect, was a huge advantage to me. It forced me to go out and find a place where my images would be useful or function, and photography became my visa into a world of music and books, architecture, design, fashion and advertising, food and magazines, and these collaborations would draw things out of me that I think would otherwise have laid dormant. I'm very aware that much of my work is on the periphery, but seeing it out in the world gives it an even greater meaning or context. It makes it somehow more tangible. Um, I consider myself to be incredibly fortunate to have had the opportunity to work in this way. Thank you, Dominic, for your contribution this week. Um, Some really interesting things are being said there. And I have to say, as somebody who just cannot work in a studio, I just get so frustrated by that requirement uh, for dedication, for perfection. I'm not that kind of a person. As you can probably tell if you listen to the podcast every week, there's always something that seems to go wrong from a technical perspective. Um, But I just never really worry about that. For me, it's all about the message. So I'm always in great uh, awe and have great respect for photographers like Dominic. As always, if you haven't seen his work, if you're not aware of his work, do check out his website. There's some incredible stuff on there, really imaginative, I should say, and conceptual work that um, I think really challenges the perceptions of commissioned photography. As I often say, it's never the type of photography to look down upon. For me, look up to it. Talking about looking up to photography, what about looking forward to photography? I'm constantly trying to get a grasp, get a handle on where photography is going. And I have to be honest, I think I fail every time I try to do so. But it doesn't stop me looking at different things, different ways in which photography is being used. And I uh, came across an article in the last week in The New Yorker by Andrea Denhoed um, from 2016. 17, actually. So it's from their archive. But I thought it was well worth uh, sharing with you and talking about. Because as we spoke about photography a couple of weeks ago, a couple of episodes ago, when I was talking about that idea of photography and facial recognition, I'm interested in these different ways in which the visual image is used. So anyway, the title for the article was this, and I'm going to read you an extract from it. Um, the title was An Agrophobic Photographer's Virtual Travels on Google Street View. It says this, Last year, amid the stress of shutting down a company she'd co-founded nearly 10 years before, Jackie Kenny, a New Zealander living in London, began exploring the world on Google Street View. At first, she would pick, I should say, locales more or less at random, poking around the streets of faraway towns and taking screenshots whenever she stumbled upon a striking image. After a while, she began seeking out certain kinds of views, arid regions with clear horizons, latitudes where she found that the sunlight fell at a dramatic slant. She was soon spending many hours on the project, which became a kind of retreat. I really didn't know what I was going to do with my life, she told me. I wasn't in the mood to face the world yet, and this absorbed a lot of my focus. When she looked back after a year of taking screenshots, she had accumulated an archive of around 26,000 photos. 
Kenny now posts photos from the collection on an Instagram account called Agrophobic Traveller. The Street View project has become a way for Kenny to visit places that she could never go to herself. The more remote, the better, she said. It's also a practice that involves the tension between control and surrender. She has the ability to parachute into anywhere in the world, but her views and angles and lighting are in Google's hands. So many times, she said, I'll see something in the distance that looks amazing, but then the car stops or something gets in the way. It happens 90% of the time. I always have to be prepared for that disappointment. Doesn't that sound like photography? I mentioned just a a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago, that I'm giving a talk at the uh, Royal Photographic Society in the UK. And that's on Monday, uh, June the 20th at 7pm in the evening, UK time. It's going to be an online talk, uh, completely free. Uh, It's for the contemporary photography section of the Royal Photographic Society. Not really sure what I'm going to talk about yet, but a little bit like the podcast, I suppose. I'm going to try and bring a whole load of strands together and try and make them make sense. I'm sure I'll fail, but I'll give it a go. Also an opportunity um, for Q&A as well, questions and answers. It always seems with the podcast, and I'm talking at you uh, or to you, what I'd like to do is talk with you. So there's an opportunity there that you might like to take up. You can book a ticket for that by uh, visiting the Royal Photographic Society's website. It's rps.org. So that would be great to see some of you there. I'd like to think you all had a podcast baseball cap or T-shirt you could identify yourselves with. Maybe everybody from the podcast should be holding something in their hands, um, something appropriate, obviously. Uh, Maybe everyone should be holding a lemon in their hand and uh, then I would know that you were podcast listeners. Anyway, uh, it's always fun talking about photography. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Always uh, opportunities to go back through the archive, of course. I've heard of some people literally working their way through all 200 episodes, one after each other. Um, Thank you for your support, but I'm a little bit concerned about your lives. But never mind. Uh, The chair's a bit rattly uh, this week. I'm going to have to get that sorted out. Uh, Helicopters overhead. It's been raining and the birds have been tweeting as always. But it wouldn't be a Photographic Life podcast from the shed if a few things didn't get in the way to prevent uh, broadcast perfection. I hope everything's going well with you. I hope you had a good uh, Platinum Jubilee celebration, if that's the kind of thing you enjoy doing. But of course, as I suggest every week, the most important thing that all of us can do at any stage in our lives is just to take care.